Good afternoon, boxing fans around the world. Back again on Combat Talk Radio, found at combattalkradio.net with a our weekend of boxing updates here. Feel free to check us out. Once again, the site is combattalkradio.net. Leave us some comments, questions, suggestions, feedback on how we're doing, and we will get right into our weekend of boxing. All right, so boxing fans, I'm going to switch it up a little bit for this episode and possibly going forward. And I'm going to start sharing some personal or not personal, but internal updates that are still boxing related. But I, I also want to share some other notes just so you know what's happening. So I've not done this on combat talk. I've done it on casual talk. I've done it on crypto. And I think I need to keep you guys in the loop as well because it affects podcast recording. For those that are new, welcome. Combat Talk Radio currently records every Friday. The time changes, but it's definitely every Friday that I record because most events are on Saturday, Sunday, and for, you know, Japan, let's say it's like Tuesday. So I try to get every Friday to go through the fights that are the weekend. That's kind of my pattern, my style. And you're going to hear some changes with my intro as I add some of this front load information for new listeners and things so that you know kind of what the show's about and how what we do. The show's evolved. It started as a YouTube channel, and now it's a podcast only. There will be possibly some point in the future where I go back to YouTube as I get to my update here, it ties to it. So just so you know, I've been stuck in freaking Nevada, which is terrible, uh, for the longest time, and it was rough 2021. We are now in recovery 2022 with my side endeavor. So the podcast isn't my full job. I have a full-on, I own my own business, actually multiple of businesses. So now that I've got everything back steady state, plan is to get out of Nevada finally in January, all the paperwork signed, still delivered pay cash for stuff, get out of here, set up my new place the way I want it, rethink, reorganize, kind of shuffle stuff around. And if, as long as everything works good, which I'm optimistic crossing fingers, then I think we're going to be positioned for success in the future. So with this, Combat Talk Radio will be relocating. I don't expect a disruption because I plan to do the migration uh, over a weekend. So I'll basically be driving up. So I don't expect to have any issues. Basically on Friday, I'm going to do the episode as I will. Then I will set out on the road probably Friday evening-ish, like around 11 o'clock or something, drive through the night, and then get as far as I can before I can get tired and just deal with it. That's my plan. I have not solidified anything further. The other update I want to share, I started my collection back up again for boxing DVDs. I did buy the Floyd Mayweather's entire career on DVD, and I'm building out a binder for it. And then I just recently bought at least what's available. We don't have all of it, but at least what's available for Sugar Ray Robinson. So it's got his um, his fight against LaMotta, the sixth fight against Jake LaMotta, uh, Turpin one and two, uh, Olsen two, Graziano, Maxim, Olsen three and four, Fulmer one and two, Basilio one and two, Pender. I think it's a highlights. Those are highlights. And then Fulmer three and four. So uh, Moyer 2, Dykes, uh, Jones, and Moyer 1. There's not a lot of footage that was available on DVD for Sugar Ray Robinson, which is disappointing, but I, I have his book. I also bought the book Boxing DVDs. I also purchased what was available for Rocky Marciano, and that's Lane, Lewis, Savile, Matthews, Walcott, um, Jersey Walcott 1 and 2. Uh, let's see. There wasn't many fights for him. Let's see. Uh uh, La Starza, Charles 1 and 2, Cockle and Moore. I think that's all there was. And then everything else is kind of a 
summary of his of his career. So at some point, I'm going to be sitting down and just kind of going through these fights. And what I thought I would do at some point later, once I get settled in, is I might go through and do kind of a commentary type thing. Not commentary, but, you know, talking about the fights and watching it live. You'll hear it somewhat in the background and, and talking about what I see and just the analysis of the fighters because I think that's going to be fun. The other one I got was Chris Eubank, uh, Simply the Best. And this, I'm pretty sure, is all of his fights. I've always been a fan of his, but I never got a chance to really enjoy his early career. So I wanted to go back, refresh the early career, see and experience everything up to the moment. This series, I don't believe, has the sit-down interviews, which is too bad, because the sit-down interviews, I think, were the <laughs> highlight of his career as he started to kind of, you know, grow into himself. I don't think that they are here. I don't see them. Uh, Connor Ben won. So this would have been, yeah, just before Connor Ben won. So I don't see any interviews or anything for him. I can find those online, but I was hoping to have them on the um, the DVDs just because I, I felt like I wanted the totality of his career to enjoy that. And then over time, I've got a number of other fighters I'm going to be buying their box sets just so I can enjoy so the yesteryear, because boxing currently is kind of in a lull. We're not seeing the fights that we used to see. We're not seeing the quality we used to see. And I blame the loss of HBO for part of that, but also the decline of the mob, the mob getting out. The mob kind of kept boxing honest, if you think about it. So that's all out. Let's talk about our weekend of boxing. We got some pretty exciting fights on deck. Top of the list, in my opinion, and some people will disagree. ESPN Plus in the U.S., Sky Sports, Sky Sports rather in the U.K., 12 rounds of super lightweight, the return of Teofimo Lopez fighting Sandra Martin. I am really excited for this fight. And I'm going to tell you why. Sandra Martin, if you don't know the guy, I think you should get to know him. He has way more experience than Teofimo. He's a southpaw. I think those are really going to play into his favor. But he's also a really good boxer. He's most well known for retiring Mikey Garcia. Mikey Garcia is a former multi-division champion. He is not, I don't think he is to be underrated, is Sandra Martin. I think he's a really, really good test for Tiafimo. Initially, Tiafimo was going to fight Jose Pedraza. I've called Jose Pedraza a gatekeeper because it seems like he loses every time he steps up in class. We don't know where Tiafimo is really at because the only test at 140 was Pedro Campa. Pedro Campa was a slow, come-forward fighter that didn't really test Tiafimo the way that we needed to see him tested. So I didn't really rate Pedro Campa, I didn't really rate that win. If Teofimo can dominate, I'm talking dominate, Sandra Martin, this is going to be a really good measure for where Teofimo is as a fighter. Now, Teofimo has said he wants to do at some point a rematch with CM Punk Cambosis. I don't think it'll happen because I think Cambosis, if he does come back, and I think he will, I think Cambosis, he's going to be shooting higher. He's going to feel like he's done enough and doesn't need to fight him again. I know he was open to fighting him again immediately after he beat him. He called him out and said, yeah, let's do it again. If you think you can win. And Teofimo ducked it and said, I'm going to 140. Screw this. <laughs> it is what it is. I'm, I, my gut tells me Cambosa is going to be shooting higher and looking for the, the greater people in the division that he might even be able to beat. On this undercard, then, we have some heavyweight action. Jared Anderson, he's going to be fighting Jerry Forrest. I am aware of both guys. I've not watched them excessively fight. I know that Jared Anderson, at least, is kind of looked at as this next big star. He's a really young guy, big, stocky, good build, 
knockout ratio, 100%. So he's kind of this eye test presented as the next big thing. Meanwhile, unfortunately, Jerry Forrest has one of the worst records I think I've ever seen in recent history. However, Jerry Forrest, although he's slightly older with a terrible record, he is a southpaw. He has that going for him as least. He has significantly more experience than Jared Anderson. But my gut tells me that Forrest was brought in here to, I don't want to say take a dive, that's not fair. But I think he's there to pretty much make Anderson look good. And that's a shame because I do think Anderson is a solid fighter within his own right, but he's not really been tested. He's not really fought anybody that stands out in a crowd. You wouldn't know hardly anybody the guys fought. And seeing this kind of a fight, it's it's a terrible style matchup. Like, I don't believe Forrest should be matched up against this guy. I think the reason they picked Forrest is because he's a southpaw, number one. Number two, he has a decent knockout ratio himself. But the problem is, is that Forrest has been on the decline for a long time. So I don't really rate the fight. Not something I'm looking forward to. Also on the undercard, lightweight action eight rounds. Keyshawn Davis, the return of fighting Juan Carlos Burgos. I am somewhat excited on this fight and somewhat not. Let me explain. Keyshawn Davis similarly is presented as the next star here. Young kid, really good boxer, very good boxer. He's only been in the game, though, for a year, so he's still got some work and rounds he needs to build up to get the experience that he's going to need. <laughs> Excuse me. Where Burgos, I don't, he's a good fighter. The problem is he's slightly older. He's been losing very much recently, just like, you know, I matchups are questionable on this card. I'm not going to kid you. I, I know some people look at it and think it's good potential, but all they're looking at is the eye test fighters. They're not looking at the fact that the guy across from him is not in his weight class, is not in his class. Just from a record perspective, I'm not really sold on the matchup at all. And I'm disappointed to see that this is the best that he could do. And maybe just short time or whatever it was, but I don't like it at all. Now, the funny thing is that some people actually think that this is going to be a tough fight for Keyshawn Davis. I don't. I think Keyshawn blasts him out in short order. That's not ding it on Burgos. It's just... There's levels, and I think that Burgos is just enough declined where Keyshawn's going to get him out of there. The other fight that's on deck, which I don't, I say it's not as big as Lopez Martin, personally. But for some people, it might be big. The return of Terrence Bud Crawford, who ducked Daryl Spence, fighting David Avanasian. This is going to be on BLK Prime, allegedly. This is what we're told, anyway. 12 rounds at welterweight. Terrence Crawford came out and said multiple times that he believes that he had to fight before the end of the year to just keep, you know, keep active. So he was negotiating in secret in June after Spence called him out. He was negotiating bad faith to get the Avenesian fight. He later would say he was not negotiating with Avenesian, but because of the mixed messages, we don't know what to believe. What we do know is he docked Daryl Spence to fight this guy, a guy that he is expected to take out an easy, easy order. Avenesian's coming off. I believe it's a six fight win streak. He's been getting stoppages and knockouts. However, most of the people he's fought were either well past the, the peak or they were lesser fighters. So I don't rate anybody he's taken out. Knockout ratio is not terrible, but it's not great either. And I'm not dismissing Avenesian, but let's be honest here. Avenesian being orthodox, Terrence Crawford has the switch so he can switch it. And orthodox fighters have pretty much, as far as I can recall, never really given the guy any problems. And from what I can tell, Avenesian has roughly the same level of experience but I also think there's levels to the, the game, as in how much damage have you taken? I would say Crawford's taken less damage, 
And I think that's going to play into factor. Everything else favors Crawford by far. Crawford has a much longer reach. Crawford is slightly older, but not as damaged, I should say. And nobody believes, nobody believes that Avenesian is going to be able to deal with Terrence Crawford. Could Avenesian at least wobble and drop Terrence Crawford? I'm hoping he does. Because what it would do is hopefully give a reality check to the guy that he's not the A side in negotiations. And he never will be, especially not with the guys he's fighting. Then the undercard is an absolute terrible, terrible list of fighters, some of which I had never even heard of, some of which are just, okay, why? <laughs> and some are known, but you know their opponents are not that good. Chris Cyborg is going to be actually, I believe this is her boxing debut. Yes, it is. And she's fighting basically a person that has two losses, so it's kind of a journeyman lady that she's going to be fighting. Steven Sokol Nelson, who I like a lot, is going to be on there. I like him as a, as a fighter, and I'm, I'm really excited to see him come back. He's been out for a while. He had a, I believe he had an injury. So seeing him come back, <clears throat> Kagai Baez, Baez, rather. So it's not really a stellar undercard. This whole card is supported by essentially Crawford Avenesian, and they're also going head-to-head -head with ESPN. Like, it's, it, everything is working against everybody on this card. And whoever this behind this BLK Prime is throwing millions at this. Plus, they signed Adrian Broner, apparently, and they're trying to get Broner in there with Ivan Redcat. Well, geez, there's a lot of money being thrown, and I'm greatly concerned for the outcome because they're, they have everything working against them. And I think somebody told Terrence he's a bigger draw than he is. I know it's in his hometown, but at the end of the day, if you don't get the pay-per-view numbers, you're not going to get the money to recoup that's being thrown at this. And nobody knows BLK Prime. And if ESPN Plus couldn't sell more than 125000 when he fought Sean Porter, there's no way he's going to make more fighting Avanesian on a virtually unknown platform. So I don't know. The other big fight, especially for the overseas crowd, happening in Leeds in the UK at the First Direct Arena at Featherweight Action, we got the return of Josh Warrington fighting Luis Alberto Lopez. This will be a pretty good fight for as long as it lasts, anyway. I'm not saying it's going to be a knockout. I think this one gets stopped early for something stupid. And I, I say that because Josh Warrington, for, I'll give you a great example. Josh Warrington hasn't had a great recent career. Seems like he's having a harder time getting the W. Whereas Lopez, he had a little bit of a rough patch, came back, and he's been coming out strong. But I get the sense that this is one of those fights that's going to end early for one reason, one stupid reason or another. I hope not, because I do actually think they're good guys, both of them. And I think they're decent boxers. Something just tells me it's going to be a sketchy short stoppage. And it's not even the highlight of this whole event. The highlight of this event is actually the woman's fight that's on the undercard. Ebony Bridges versus Shannon O'Connell and all the drama between the two. Because Shannon O'Connell, she says, you know, I'm a mom. Having my daughter see Ebony Bridges up there. She know what she's doing. Yes, she does. She's selling a fucking fight. I'm sorry. That's what it is. She's selling a fight, right? It's like. She goes out there and puts her assets on display because she knows it's going to sell tickets. She knows it's going to get guys dialing in to watch the fight, even if they don't like women's fighting. Because the truth is, if men are going to watch the women, they want to see something that makes it worth their time because they know that the general boxing is not going to be that stellar. That's just the truth. So I have no problem with what Ebony Bridges knowingly does and how she keeps messing with the crowd. Factor in the way in she might as well not have been wearing anything at all because her lingerie was essentially see-through. I mean, I have no hate for what she's doing. And to me, it's up to Shannon O'Connell to get in there and do something about it, like take her out. Bridges has only lost the one time. So, okay, Shannon, if you don't like what you see, 
do something about it. Like literally knock her out and send a statement, send a message. I don't think Bridges will stop at the same time. Shannon O'Connell is near 40 years old. Shannon, or excuse me, Ebony Bridges is 36 years old. The women are generally older. And so that plays in a factor as well. I do think that Bridges takes out Shannon. I don't, I don't see anything happening otherwise. This is on the zone that fights being broadcast. So if you are interested, you will need to have the zone as a subscription. I know it's annoying, but that's just the truth. Now let's talk about a couple of the upper other upcoming fights that are happening. Just a couple of them. This is happening on Tuesday. That's why I'm covering it here in Japan. Um, the re- return here, Naoya Inoue versus Paul Butler. Really good fight. I think it's going to be an exciting fight. I think it's worth watching. I don't think Paul Butler is going to have anything for Inoue. This is my opinion. But if you want to check it out, ESPN Plus is your go-to. Apparently, it's going to be televised in the U.S. Doesn't say anything about the U.K., though, so I'm not sure. Uh, the Arakaki Arena, Kotoku, Tokyo, Japan. If you want to check that out live, it's for apparently all the belts. We've got WBA, IBF, WBC, WBO. So that's and the ring at Bantamweight. So I think it's worth watching if only to see a championship fight. Again, I don't think Paul Butler's going to have anything for Inoue. I think Inoue's going to be way too much. Inoue's still pretty much in his physical prime, still in his mental prime, and he's not struggled so far. So I don't see that there's going to be much happening that's going to change my mind. And even Paul Butler came out and said, this is going to be tough for me. I'm going to work as hard as I can. And no respect, uh, excuse me, nothing but respect for Butler for being for accepting this. It's like, yeah, you, you're you're in for a test here, brother. And then the undercard of that same, we got um, Yoshiki Takei versus Bruno Tarimo. I've never heard of either of these guys. The reason I'm calling out this fight, because it's on the undercard, I think there's something about Takei just based on the limited that I have seen. He just debuted last year. He's a Southpaw. He's a young kid. He seems like there's something to him that could stand out, and he's at super banning weight. So now he get in the mix with some of the most exciting fighters that's out there. So I think he's worth an eye, is Takei. Check him out if you do want to watch the event. I do recommend you keep eyes on him for sure. On Inui, of course, the, on the Japan side, it seems like we always get exciting fights, but I do think there's something to Takei that's worth watching. That's going to be our weekend of boxing. I'm going to likely not tune in for these. I might try to catch Lopez Martin just because I'm a big Martin fan. Uh, but if you do check the fights, I do think Lopez Martin is going to be action-packed. Um, it's not a really good undercard, but I think it's going to be action-packed for as long as it lasts. And again, I'll check in afterwards and see where we're at. And hopefully Martin is able to pull out yet another upset. That's going to do it for this week's episode of combat talk radio masterpiece boxing found at combattalkradio.net. i want to thank you for listening today whether you are a subscriber or not i know you have choices and i appreciate you for being here just to remind those that are new to the show combat talk radio records every friday so once a week in the pacific time zone and then lifeblood of boxing series which is our coverage of the boxers i think are worth your time and give to the sport That's once per month. It does not have a fixed schedule, but once a month I'll have a release until I run out of ones that I think are worth covering for Lifeblood of Boxing. So those are our two programs. It is podcast only at this point. We want to hear from you. So combattalkradio.net at the bottom. Hit comments, feedback. Let us know how we're doing. If there's anything that you'd like to see us adjust or improve, we want to hear from you and we are open to that feedback. We also are open to starting up the YouTube again, but it seemed like that died off when Lomachenko took a loss, and we don't know why. 
So if somebody knows why or they'd like to hear the YouTube coverage, let us know that as well in the comments. And we are open to doing it. We just need to make sure the fans are there. Right now they're on the podcast, not on the YouTube for whatever reason specific. We're open either way. Anyhow, that'll do it. And I will see you guys next week.